Thank you for joining us for part three of the Commuter Rail Coalition's conversation with USDOT's Director of Bipartisan Infrastructure Law Implementation, Katie Thompson. We resume our conversation starting again with John Klein, Senior Member of Klein Strategic Consulting, who is CRC's Director of Government Affairs. John shares concerns about the lack of a commuter rail discretionary grant program, and Eric DeLeo, Senior Vice President of Capital Programs at New Jersey Transit, gives examples of how his agency is being affected. I guess I would throw our issues and concerns into two buckets, one policy driven and recognizing that that's not really the role that you're playing, but obviously it does have a big impact on where we go and being able to fund our needs. And then, of course, the others is definitely the more practical things. I mentioned the early system work agreement approach and project bundling, as well as the Amtrak funding issues. The bottom line is on funding, I guess you could say commuter rail kind of have a complex that we feel like we're getting left out a lot of times. And this is from the fact that we've in the past had conversations, even with FTA, where some people have scratched their head and say, why are you guys coming to us? Because uh, they associate us as having our home over in the FRA, when the reality is our funding comes from FTA. That said, we feel like we've kind of been left on the sidelines, particularly when it comes to discretionary funding. You know, the Chrissy program managed out of FRA is really not a program that we're eligible for. And so we're left chasing after some of the other discretionary programs, recognizing that we don't have an obvious place to go to. There's not a commuter rail discretionary program, yet we do have these very significant big infrastructure investment needs. Many of us operating passenger cars that are 50 years, if not older. And so we feel like we're able to make do with very little that we get and make it last a long time. But we really are at a point, particularly when you think of locomotives and an opportunity to reduce emissions, uh, another goal that we all share with you all, getting the funding for very expensive locomotives with long lead times is hard to do using our formula program money, which we're using more for the more near-term investments. We also have major bridge investments investments that are needed. You know, the discussion often coming from all quarters tends to focus on highway bridges, but our rail bridges are equally as important. And again, oftentimes, not only just for us, but for freight carriers and for Amtrak as well. So uh, from an overall infrastructure standpoint, those are really significant investments that have big, huge price tags on them. We're going to take our battle to the policymakers to try to eke out a, a commuter rail discretionary program at some point in the future. But for now, we'll do battle on those programs that we have. And I guess we just really want to you know, put that marker down that uh, commuter rail. We just don't get the same level of attention, even though our needs oftentimes can be really quite expensive. First of all, this is very helpful to hear. I understand where you're coming from. And this goes back, I think, to something that I said a few minutes ago. And that is we are trying to get better and smarter at DOT about where our money is going. So both through formula funding, which is a little bit more challenging because states and transit agencies, as long as they're using it for the purpose for which it's given, we don't get a lot of visibility, but also on our discretionary programs, 
the reason we want to do that really twofold. One, to, to make sure we can track projects in flight and the efficiency by which those projects are moving forward, which I talked about. But the second is stepping back to look sort of holistically at the transportation system nationwide. And you will get a lot of valuable data when you plot that on maps and see how formula funding is being spent, where the discretionary dollars are going and where there are gaps, if you're seeing more in intercity passenger rail, cargo, you know, highway bridges, but greater visibility than the Department of Transportation has traditionally had to help us make adjustments as appropriate to some of our discretionary funding in the short term, and in the longer term, work with Congress and our stakeholders on reauthorization that better represents the diversity of needs across the country based on the investments we've built today, if that makes sense. Right. So we view short-term, very tactical, Longer term, as we get better data, much more strategic and thoughtful about how we should be approaching investments in our transportation infrastructure. Hi, Katie. Eric DeLeo, Senior Vice President of Capital Programs here at New Jersey Transit. For the existing commuter systems, I'm not sure that there is a single competitive opportunity for our existing rail state of good repair programs. We get creative. We try to look for an interaction with freight or with inner city with Amtrak in order to even be able to apply for the FRA programs. But we have lines that don't operate freight, lines that aren't inner city, and there is not currently a competitive opportunity for us to apply to, to support essentially assets that are beyond their useful life, not necessarily in a state of good repair. And yes, we can use our formula funding and we are grateful for the formula funding, but we are already heavily utilizing that funding for all these state of good repair and other needs. So, so I just wanted to just echo in a different way what John said, just so that you knew sort of where we are as an agency. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for a Commuter Rail Coalition soundbite. Next, we'll continue our conversation with Katie Thompson as we explore collaboration with the Surface Transportation Board and the challenges related to excess liability insurance for commuter railroads. 